there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about lower extremity numbness. This is a really common chief complaint and it can be really stressful. Um, There's a broad differential um, behind it and it also can feel just really unnerving for patients. It's just something about it. They just, it tends to, I don't know, I just anecdotally speaking, patients tend to feel a little bit unnerved about it. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about um, the general approach to history, specific history questions not to miss for this chief complaint physical exam, differentials, as well as approach to testing and referral uh, when it comes to lower extremity numbness. So jumping in, whenever I approach a chief complaint, a symptom-based chief complaint, I always use a systematic approach. If you've been with me for a while, you know that I use the old CART acronym to help guide my histories so that I'm not missing anything. So again, onset, location, duration, characteristics, associated factors, relieving factors, time, and treatment. I always ask those questions to make sure that I'm gathering the information that I need. However, when it comes to specific chief complaints, you may have extra history questions not really captured with those questions. So I'm going to jump into those. Actually, real quick before I do, another one that I add on to old cart is, is it getting better, worse, or the same? Every single time. Absolutely every single time, right? It'll help you with so much information as well as have you had this before, right? Don't forget that question because it will give you a lot of information. Um, But the specific questions uh, for history when it comes to lower extremity, one really important place to start is um, when you're eliciting the characteristics of the numbness. So there's kind of two different kinds that I typically see or that's really seen in medicine. One is like a stripe. It's some sort of like stripe, like dermatomal pattern of like, it's on the outside of my left foot. It's on the outside of my right leg, or it's on the top of my foot on the right side, that kind of thing. If pro tip is if you don't already have that printed out at your workspace, definitely just do a quick Google and print that out because it will help you in that memorization process that feels at first really overwhelming. But then once you start doing it like a thousand million times, you're like, oh, okay, this is the dermatome for L5, S1, L4, etc. right? And then the next option is more of that um, stocking pattern. So you've probably heard of that stocking glove pattern, but basically instead of it being like a stripe or a side or just a toe or something like that, it's going to be the whole thing, like the whole foot as if they have a stocking on that is numb. Those two differentiators are really helpful when it comes to what path you go down for your differential diagnosis. Um, And we'll talk about that in a second. A couple of other things you want to elicit in the history is about motor deficits. Um, And we'll talk about that with the differentials, but you want to see, are they having actual motor deficits that you can assess and evaluate versus is it like a perceived like, oh, I actually can't move it because it's painful, right? Um, 
So spoiler alert, one of the top differentials is sciatica related to a lower back um, disc problem. So um, uh, those patients can have just numbness, they can have pain, or they can actually have motor deficits. And so you want to elicit on a scale from one to five your actual assessment of their strength level. Another pearl is that when you're touching somebody's body, we always ask permission first and we explain what we're going to do. The other thing that I recommend, everyone's cultural experience is so different, but one potential option to um, be um, polite and respectful of people's bodies is to use the back of our hands. So if we're assessing their dorsiflexion, their plantar flexion, their, um, their quadricep muscle, their hamstrings, we have, to, we have to press on their body a number of times and using the back of our hand, especially on the thigh, um, can be very respectful for patients because it's slightly more intimate to have your palm facing down. And again, there's different cultural interpretations that everybody has, but that's one potential option um, that I typically follow with my patients. And I've said this before, if you're not sure how to uh, approach a differential, you just don't have it in the front of your mind with the history, you can always ask about any other associated factors. Just generally speaking, like ROS, review of systems, ask all the questions, right? But a couple specific review of, of systems questions that you want to ask specifically with numbness are things like fatigue, other neurological deficits that they might have. Do they have any vision problem, um, any like speech-related problems? Do they have numbness anywhere else on their body? Um, do they have... Um, other systemic symptoms like a, like a rash, polyphagia, polyuria, polydipsia. We'll talk about differentials in a second. Um, and then again, I, I think I mentioned this already in case I didn't say it, is the, is the numbness spreading? I sort of said already, is it getting better, worse, or the same? But specifically with numbness, we want to say, is this a spreading thing? How is it spreading? What does it look like? So actually, I want to segue into the differentials before we get to the physical exam, because hopefully that will cement all of the questions that I've presented so far for the history. So the top three most common causes of lower extremity numbness in, in the United States are um, sciatica related to a disc problem in the lower back, right? And I've already kind of said that. So that will help you when you're talking about the distribution of the numbness, um, if they have motor deficits, if they have other things associated. I, have, I do have a video um, episode. I don't think I have a podcast but I have a video episode about back pain I can link to down below. Um, but that's one of the most common causes, right? And so that really ties into all those history questions, right? The next one is diabetes-related neuropathy, right? And that's more of that stalking pattern, less so than the dermatomal pattern. Very common, right? And then you can also ask those diabetes-specific questions, polyuria, polydipsia, polyphagia, blurred vision, etc. The third most common cause is nerve injury or damage. Um, there isn't necessarily one overarching thing that can, can lead you to that um, pathway of differential pursuit, but um, typically those patients will have some sort of um, uh, like uh, injury or some sort of trigger that, that may be associated at the onset of it. I actually had a, um, a, someone in my life who was uh, saying that they had toe numbness and I was like, oh, you have toe numbness? Do tell. And we were talking about it. And we, we did some digging, and I, and I was asking all these different questions. And it turns out that uh, she had a pair of boots that is likely the, um, the culprit that she had been wearing um, and continues to wear. And it may be pressing on some sort of like local nerve versus like a sciatica-related back thing, right? 
So that's where all these history questions kind of get you. But um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the other broad categories of differentials. I don't think it's going to be serving for you to go through the laundry list of all of the options. Um, but if you can think about those broad categories and then start to investigate those pieces when you have a patient in front of you with these symptoms, then you can start to cement in that really broad list of differentials. So the categories that we're talking about with differential diagnosis, I've already talked about nervous system, right? So we're talking about sciatica-related pain. We're talking about local nerve. Um, we could be talking about some other more rare things like Guillain-Barre um, uh, or some sort of spinal cord injury or tumor or something like that, right? But some sort of nerve-related thing, right? The point is not to memorize all of the little kind of subcategories of the actual differentials, but if you can at least have like nerves, like what kind of nerve-related things are we talking about here, right? The next one is is um, is um, chronic condition related. This is kind of a broad category that I lumped together, but these are things like um, alcohol use disorder um, over the course of time can lead to some um, deficiencies in vitamins. Uh, diabetes, like I said, di diabetes related neuropathy, multiple sclerosis, thyroid dysfunction, autoimmune conditions. Those are the type of things that I'm talking about. And even if you don't feel super comfortable with rheumatoid arthritis or Sjorgen syndrome or lupus, you're like, okay, is this a stocking glove? Is this metabolic? Is there something else going on or some sort of chronic condition related, right? And I'm jumping ahead. The next one is metabolic. And that's the kind of category that I, that I lump together. So those are things like iron deficiency anemia, B12 deficiency, um, heavy metal toxicity, a little bit more of a rare one. So last two general categories. One is infectious. So things like syphilis and um, shingles potentially, right? Um, and then the last one is medications. So there's actually a pretty long list of medications that can cause um, uh, numbness. And I can link to some of them below, but that's something to always think about when you're in your differential experience with this person in front of you is like, especially like what are the meds that they're taking? And is there any risk of numbness associated with those, especially with medications that you're not especially familiar with, um, to look at those potential side effects of, an, of a med that you don't see all the time? Okay, now that we've talked about some of the differentials, let's just recap um, with the physical exam that kind of pulls in all of those things together. So we wanna do a full neurologic exam, including deep tendon reflexes. I know those are not the easiest, but it's good to practice them. We wanna look at all the cranial nerves and we wanna look at the patient's gait, right? Even if we're not neurological experts, we just, we do our best, we collect the information and then we go from there, right? Um, we do want to do an assessment of the extremity itself. We want to do capillary refill. We want to look at pulses to see the circulation. Is there any some sort of potential vascular related issue causing uh, the numbness? Less common of a cause, but something to look at. Um, and then again, I talked about the physical exam of like using the back of your hand, but you want to assess the strength, um, the range of motion, as well as the muscle strength, especially of the lower extremities related especially to lower back disc-related problems. Okay, last things are approach to diagnostics. So as you probably gathered so far, there are some physical things we can assess, there are some history questions that we can get, and then there are some lab and some diagnostic tools that we have to help us with that history-taking process, right? So we can look at, um, the way I approach lower extremity numbness in primary care is asking all of those questions, doing the initial blood tests, and then just making a decision of like, do they need to be referred out? Basically, the majority of the time we're talking about neurology, right? 
Um, that's usually the person that you're, the, the team you're going to refer out to. But you can start the workup with all of the potential chronic condition and metabolic causes that you're going to hopeful and infectious causes too of like, what can you potentially rule out before we get the assistance of neurology? So the labs that typically I do with lower extremity that's recommended, we're looking at blood sugar level, right? Is this diabetes related? Thyroid, TSH, is this thyroid related? We want to do some preliminary potentially, right? Depending on your history and your symptoms, we potentially want to consider some rheumatologic labs, uh, perhaps an ANA, rheumatoid factor, um, CCP, anti-CCP, which is a little bit more specific for rheumatoid arthritis. Again, based on your history and what you're looking at with the patient, not necessarily like a, a scatter shot for every patient. Um, potentially looking at a Lyme or um, RPR syphilis labs. Um, definitely starting with a CBC, iron studies, and B12, right? Because the iron deficiency anemia, B12 deficiency, those are really things that we can handle in primary care. So those are some of the labs to consider before you send somebody to um, neurology. The next like kind of last other thing that you may or may not do in primary care is um, uh, an electromyelogram, EMG, and nerve conduction studies, NCS, EMG slash NCS. My personal approach, I think my impression is that this is like a cultural perspective of your clinic and the culture of your supervising provider. Most of my providers that I've worked with and myself included, I have ordered EMG NCS tests. The kicker is that you'd have to know how to interpret them <laughs> and they are not easy to interpret. And there's a reason why neurology, uh, neurology, neurology providers do all the extensive training that they do and that is their bread and butter. So my philosophy approach to practice is I would love to know how to very confidently interpret EMG NCS tests. However, they are not easy to interpret and my physician colleagues do not do those either. They let, they let neurology do them, so I do not. So that is, that is where I would stand if you are a newer grad is that collaborate with your collaborator or supervising provider and think very hard before you order a test just because you know to order it doesn't mean you know how to interpret it. And even experienced physicians that I work with do not order and interpret these. So that would be my guidance and my personal perspective, but you get to decide your own philosophy of practice and what the rules are in your own clinic. The other note about that is that those are not those are painful tests. So um, uh, they stick a needle basically and kind of like shock your muscles and nerves and see what is responding. I've, I've seen it in, a, in someone in my life has gotten that done and it, it looks very painful. So I tread very lightly before I do that. One other test that you may see um, is uh, an ankle brachial, in, ankle brachial index, which is assessing for blood flow. But kind of pearl of practice there. If somebody has two plus or more pulses in their lower extremities, they probably don't need that test. Um, that's really mainly for people who are, are not showing full signs of circulation in their lower extremities. So yeah, so that is it. So um, that is the approach to history, physical exam, differentials, when to refer, and the tests that you wanna consider ordering and that triage-based approach in primary care. So hopefully this is a helpful uh, place to work on your knowledge or cement your knowledge so that you feel more comfortable with this chief complaint. Definitely check out the other episodes that I have linked below and the medication list that I've linked below. And if you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You will get all of my favorite resources. These episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much for watching. Hang in there and I'll see you soon. 
that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.